While many kids are making their holiday wish lists, the patients at Nationwide Children's Hospital are simply wishing they could be home. But you have the power to make their stay a little brighter. The moment you make a donation, the butterflies on the lawn at Nationwide Children's light up for our patients to see. And that gift brings joy, funds research, and the world's finest care. Please, light up the lawn, light up a life. Give now at nationwidechildrens.org give. Peace, peace, everyone. It's your girl, Sequoia Blue, back in here for another episode. Today, we have a special guest on this beautiful Saturday. We have Evan Matthews, a fellow artist. So this should be interesting. How are you doing today, Evan, on this beautiful Saturday? Oh, great, Sequoia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. Just talk everything art world stuff. That's right. So let's start the first question. Can you share more about your journey in the entertainment industry and the various roles you've taken on? Oh yeah, that's that's a big one because I have actually had so many jobs in the entertainment industry, starting with like your most basic job, which is uh, I was simultaneously I was a PA uh, um, and an extra, and was interning at Sony Pictures. <laughs> so I was like doing multiple things at once. All I knew is that I wanted to be around people actually getting the job done. And I, I was going to school at UC Riverside. So if you're from California, you know you know about the Inland Empire, and it's like this pocket away from everything. And I knew I had to get out of there, and I would go, drive to Los Angeles, to Century City, every, uh, three days a week to go to my internship. So I was at this company called Phoenix Pictures, and they're on the Sony lot. And, and this is pretty typical. You'll see any of these big studio lots, and they'll have all these subsidiary companies there, all like making product for the parent company, which they're under, like, for instance, um, like a Universal Studios, that's where that's where DreamWorks used to be. That's where Amblin Films used to be or still is for Steven Spielberg. So that's how these, these big studios work. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was there interning and that's where I was spending a bulk of my my time for like my first entertainment job. So it went from working in like the story department, your typical intern level where you're just making tons of copies of scripts and circulating them and getting coffee and just feeling about this big <laughs> in the world <laughs> and yep, doing I know that. right like mindless data entry but you do it and you're so excited because you're a fresh face and you're so thrilled to be there but because i was there so early because i was commuting and i'd stay so late to wait out the traffic um, I was putting in all this extra time with all the other employees there and all the other assistants. So I moved my way up to be on the executive's desk, Mike Metavoy, who's the president of the company. Mm. So Mike Metavoy, he's famous for like, he wrote this great book called You're Only As Good As Like Your Next Movie. And he has like eight best picture Oscars. So you like go in his office and it's just like crazy Hollywood everywhere you have like he's got like this big glass case with the hook from hook and you see like all these celebrities are always going in and out of his office and it's just it was just wild and uh, it was it was a cool job it was uh terrifying because I would have like agents and managers calling oh. and I was to get something wrong because the assistant was like on a cigarette break or something so I'm just answering the phones and there's just they need to move fast and I'm in the way and I'm getting yelled at I'm like I'm sorry what's your name how do you spell oh that? my goodness <laughs> I was just so much emotional damage so early <laughs> it was oh great goodness. I'll tell you this one story because it's kind of it's kind of funny um and uh, so so this one call comes in and it's it's this like this raspy older man who's calling. He goes, "Hi, is Mike there?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, Mike's not available. He's in the meeting right now. Can I take a message?" He's like, "Yeah, just let him know. Let him know that Marlon called, and I know that he's got a colonoscopy later today. And and don't don't worry, they're just gonna stick a giant hose in your ass." And I was just, <laughs> I can't say that to my boss. I'm already intimidated when I see them come in the door all the time. And the assistant comes in off the patio. I'm like, um, so this guy called and said, I'm supposed to give him this message. And I read it word for word. She's like, oh yeah, you have to give that to him. That's Marlon Brando. Right. Yeah. I give the message to my, to, to Mike and he just laughs. He goes, crumples it up, moves on with his day. 
Well, that was a trip because two weeks later, Marlon Brando passed away. And I didn't realize how close those two really were until Mike was giving the eulogy at his funeral. Anyway, so that's like me. That's like enter Evan first experience in Hollywood is like this internship. And then I went uh, I went from there to be um, an extra on uh, on the show 24. It used to be on Fox. Mm, and, yeah. and I moved up into uh, production because I didn't really want to be an extra. It was great. I was like, I just want to get the experience. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like lo- very low stakes, but you get to like be on sets and all that. But, you know, mm. it was so, like scattershot that I thought, okay, how can I really get behind the scenes here? So mm-hmm. a opening, I got the PA job through the help of my, uh, my uh, mother's second cousin's husband. A <laughs> 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 job um, uh, on 24. And I was just totally thrown to the wolves. Like talk about wow. just going into the fire. So to go from, like you know all these kind of, these other types of jobs to all of a sudden you're working 16 hour days in mm. like different corners of the worst parts of los angeles because i don't i don't know if you remember the show but in 24 mm. it's a show on the run and you have mm. like stage days which is like one is like the president's office and the other one's like ctu where it's like the counter and like terrorist unit right so very few stage days everything's on location all the time so it was it was brutal long day moves everyone's mad at you because <laughs> you're shooting in their neighborhoods right mm-hmm. like it was easier to shoot like in downtown la by skid row than it would be to shoot in beverly hills if you could believe yeah I, I, can, I can imagine that <laughs> beverly hills is like what are you doing on my they're show? more they're more particular downtown because yeah, i mean to, uh like, in beverly hills <laughs> remind them like you live in Los Angeles for making yeah all the time in TV shows, uh, but it was fun. I did it with a smile on my face. The crew was like, "We love guys like you because you have all this energy and you remind us why we're here in the first place." So that was fun. But after that 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 season, I went on. I worked on an MTV like hybrid reality scripted show called "Blowing Up with Jamie Kennedy," and Jamie Kennedy uh, he was in the he was in the uh, what was that movie called? It's like Malibu's Most Wanted. He played a rapper Sounds called. Familiar. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was yeah, also he was re- funny. You're right. Yeah, he's really <laughs> funny. So he was like, let's. He wanted to make this show where he's like, really, tr- like truly pursuing a rap rapping career, and he's got his little hype man with him, and they're like trying to like navigate the system and like. And like the reality portion is like they are like going finding other celebrities and like kind of like punking them a little bit to try to build street cred and get like notoriety. It was a ridiculous <laughs> show, but it was so fun. And I was a key PA on that, so I had like jumped into a new rank on there. And then oh, I wow. kind of and then I bounced around a couple of PA jobs, just like building credits until I landed my first executive assistant role at Mark Burnett Productions on the show uh, The Contender, which was a boxing show, which was just awesome that was like talk about a show just full of like brimming with heart because you have all these boxers that have like these crazy backstories and like a pain and suffering and loss and this is like the redemption chance like on this show and getting all these fights mm-hmm. and the thing is you you end up rooting for everybody everyone's got everything on the line so everyone's crying all the time because like you someone has to win and someone has to lose and the loser has to go to their family and everyone's crying and like you know that was everything on the line and the next part so that was a great experience and we did this other show called rockstar so we're simultaneously doing two shows which is really fast moving a lot of moving parts again that was my first executive assistant role i was terrible at it <laughs> it was so bad you have to start somewhere i did have to start somewhere and like me and me and that executive we were, we were butting heads a little bit and uh she was she was great and i i had to learn on her desk and i'm sorry for that but it ended up getting me a promotion to mark burnett's desk directly and he's like the king of like reality television he's got yeah he sounds familiar mark burnett i think he didn't he he do uh produced um was it shark tank yes yeah 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 so we produced like uh survivor apprentice shark tank the voice the bible series the mtv movie wars Mm -hmm. the Emmys, like every like like all these big shows and that includes contender and and uh um Rockstar, and then the and the one I really stayed on for is a show called On the Lot. It didn't do very mm-hmm. well. It was a it was a DreamWorks uh, co-production with us. Where we were trying, it was a competition-based show trying to find the like, next emerging filmmaker. And, and it was every week, everyone had to make like one to two minute long short films. 
I was like, oh, I'm wow. sticking for this. Like, if I'm going to be in the reality world, it's for this particular show. So me and Mark had like, you know, a little agreement. This is what I'm here for. And he's like, cool. You can have special access. You could like go be on set the most and greet the celebrity guest judges that are directors. And Carrie Fisher was on that show. And uh, it's oh, one of the judges. Yeah. So that was cool. Like be with like Princess Leia. And I was like such a nerd around here because I was such a huge Star Wars fan at the time. And I was always, always so awkward. It was so awkward. I'm never awkward, but I was with her for some reason. Cause yeah, I'd sometimes watch- certain people you get shy around over others. You're like, okay, yeah. I'm nervous. Because you know, it's like if you're around, like if you're in New York or LA and you see celebrities around, you're like, okay, all right. They're here doing their thing. They're people too. And every, every once in a while, like someone shows up and you're like, oh, that person has had an impact on me in my life yeah that's so. how it was when i was on the set of mandalorian i was background feature background and i remember cool. i met the i forgot his name but i met the guy that um played rocky uh what's his name the, the original rocky the black guy that played mandalorian um i can't what? remember i can't remember his name but um he's an older guy now but he uh, I, I met him and um he was really cool just down to earth talking about travel stories and stuff like that and i was just like okay it kind of gave me that you know, experience, but I was a little nervous around him. I was like, oh, I got this. I saw Carl him when Le- I was a little girl. Carl Weathers? Yeah, him. Carl Weathers. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Still, yeah. Still got it. Um, yeah, I was that, in here like, why can't I remember his name right now? Carl Weathers is so awesome. Yeah. He's so black. Because when The Mandalorian came, first of all, I love, especially season one, like, I was like, Star Wars is back. Here we go. Yes. We got, they got the flavor profile right for this one. And Carl Weathers just. I would love to just see him in more stuff because he yeah me too yeah right because he did because he was like he was in rocky he did predator he was he was in happy gilmore where he was like chubbs with the missing hand right oh i didn't and, know he was in happy gilmore yeah yeah he was like the golf pro that had like that gator bit his hand off so he's got like his like backstory that's all hilarious and messed up and he had his own arc in arrested development so I, i'm he's just like a, like i don't know i'm just a nerd because i always thought he was great and should do more maybe yeah. i should cast him something i do because yeah, I feel you should like- cast them because you know it's it's like and it, you know it's funny because you know me being an actress and trying to get roles and stuff it it takes a lot you know to, it's a lot of people trying to audition and that's the thing that people understand that's what i want to bring up to today is that you just don't give up because the it's it's a process you know and it doesn't mean you're a bad actor or actress it just might mean that that's just not the, wasn't a fit for you you know and so but it it takes it just takes time and that's why the why i had to segue into i was gonna ask you this about the writer start anytime's a good time for skyline chili cheese fries after school chili cheese fries before the game chili cheese fries with conies for lunch chili cheese fries nobody doesn't like skyline feeling good it's skyline time looking for a reliable transportation specialist to handle your freight needs count on us sylvan trucking based in columbus ohio we provide shipping solutions with a fleet of 35 power units and 100 trailers if you need a dedicated solution for your key accounts sylvan trucking has you covered as part of lcg transportation solutions we're uniquely positioned to be your single source transportation supplier visit sylvantrucking.com today or call 614-272-8163 sylvan trucking your partner in transportation but we're gonna we're like we're gonna finish your story first but i do want to ask you about what your thoughts on the writer's strike too after that after you tell us well, that's, yeah, that's a whole other thing <laughs> but uh yeah it, it's it's interesting though because I, I you know even, even after I, I, I get, we get caught up in this i'd love to talk about like the actor's process and what it's like for me as a director and what we're looking yeah at and so we'll get there we'll get there yeah but let's not forget we'll come back to that um, but so I so I worked for Mark Burnett and then I, I graduated off his desk and be, became a producer. I was producing the MTV Movie Awards and that was fantastic. But still, like my heart was not fully in it. I was loving what I was doing. The people were fantastic. And I just knew that I always wanted to be a filmmaker and you feel like you're on this boat going in this direction. You want to be on the boat going that way. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, I have to, I have to like roll the dice and toss in this good, this career with a good paying job and everything to pursue my ultimate goal dream of directing. And I knew if I'm going to leave, I'm going to go to, if I can get into USC school of cinematic arts, if I can go to like the number one film school in the world where all my hero filmmakers went, like all the people that made the, these blockbuster impression leaving films from like the 70s, 80s and 90s, like that's where I want to go. That's who I want to learn from. So I had to spin some plates. I got in 
and uh it's very competitive it's like 48 students get in like a year i was one of them so it's it very very competitive program and um but i had a gap of time from when i left mark to when i was going to get it start at usc so i found one of my uh director friends through my brother i have a twin brother who's also working in the industry he was working on a show called csi new york uh and so he uh he had me come to set a whole bunch and that was always fun and i befriended a director there who's like a, a rotating guest director and then i got to shadow him on six episodes of different tv shows to kind of see what a journeyman director is what he does how he casts know how she shoots how he prepares how you go into post like all of these things how you troubleshoot situations how you deal with a crew turning on you like all kinds of crazy stuff because in in tv um you inherit a crew you're not bringing your people like when you make an indie film or a short film you're like i'm walking into whatever they've already told me i have to work with you know and that comes down to cast now you can get to cast all your like your guest stars and co-stars and stuff um so that's 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 the fun of that so i took that experience all the working experience everything knowing what it's like to work 16 plus hour days into film school and now you're like operating on a whole other level when you get in there like you're ready to run and just go through walls but you also have i had to be humbled and submit to the process because i'm already like oh i'm so like far ahead like uh, if you want to make academy award level type of quality work like you're gonna have to unlearn a lot of what you learn and start this emotional journey and go from there so like this will this will lead right into the, the whole acting side of things because this is where i will start to take like my first acting classes and really start to think from an actor's perspective and point of view and what it is what's the actor's work so some of my my directing teachers would really delve deep into that other ones were more like production space other ones were more uh, uh cinematography based and then you have all of those disciplines that break out because you have to edit you have to dp you have to do sound design and sound mixing like you have to actually do every single role in film school and a lot and a lot of people go in everyone wants to be a director and you get like you know a semester or two in and actually people are like oh oh i actually want to be a cinematographer that's what i thought a director mm-hmm. did i want to be a cinematographer especially because a lot of people are intimidated by working with actors and it, and i don't blame them They're, they can be wild animals you're like what kind of <laughs> i can this? imagine like what kind of training do they have are they totally wild like how, how do we get you can't but you can't I, mean, I get that at first but you have to get past that phase as a director you really do yeah and and it was the um that that an emotional journey and arc and that work made me realize i can't even totally focus on directing here i actually have to focus on screenwriting so halfway through the program i completely switched gears and made it all about screenwriting so i ended up getting like a dual emphasis in directing and screenwriting so i fulfilled the master requirement for both um and i took all that experience like into my thesis film because i was one of the few directors that got selected to actually make one because you don't just go and make one at, at usc like there's six spots to make a thesis film and then you can satisfy your master's requirement by serving as other key department roles like production design or a cinematographer producer or writer and i was like i'm doing both i'm gonna write my feature like screenplay drafts of that plus i'm gonna do this incredibly ambitious the most ambitious film that had gone through usc film school by the way where they used it as marketing material for what you can make at this school and it was this this recoil which is this poster right there it's nice i really see it it's It's kind of blurry but it still looks it still looks nice because you know i like art right i can i can see stuff in the background (laughs) if you want i can send send links and you can share share for that but that movie ended up it it, first of all it almost totally broke me and made me like not want to even do this career because it was so hard i had so many hard i straddled the line of failure for like two years straight like just totally totally insane like talk about like if you really want it this is the move you prove you really want it on Um, in the end ended up going to like over 50 festivals around the world we got like two nominations for awards 110 i got representation off of it and you know took that right school and got to work like writing screenplays and doing a bunch of other odds and end jobs like editing stuff and working on fashion magazines and like doc dvds and documentaries and working as like behind the scenes filmmaker like all all these different like jobs like so it's this has been like a crazy journey of like 14 years 
of uh, of just plugging away, staying on the path of directing and being like, that's where I'm going. And I'll definitely, I want to give you this piece of advice into your audience, like anyone who like really wants to go into the field, you don't have to go to film school. I actually recommend against it because there's so many of these like workshops and incubators and programs at studios and other places or special interest group places where they will fund you or sponsor you to like grow your career. So mm -hmm. I ended up finding a group. It was called like the smash cut film lab. And um, I ended up making short films with them. And like, you know, instead of me doing the fundraising, they have donors who have money there. And we, you go through like a, a mock studio program where you pitch and write and develop, and then you go off and shoot it and mm -hmm. do that thing. So I did, I did a handful of those. Those they're, they're out there. You just gotta, you gotta, you just gotta go look like don't spend money on film school or higher education. Like go do that stuff. Yeah. I wouldn't have went to the artist, art Institute of Atlanta. if I had known what I know now. Now I'm in oh, debt. Right? I'm like, why did I do that? I shouldn't have. And that was for audio production more so, but I was learning about video production because I was around video producers and stuff. But I was like, why did I go here? I could have just took a trade or, or something like that or gotten a trade or something. But you know, and, I, and so I try to tell people now, young people just really think things through depending on what you want to do. Because you don't want to. Yeah, it's not, it's it's not what it used to be. Like higher education it used to be like, oh, you have a guaranteed result. Like, oh, you get that degree, you get that paper in hand, and all of a sudden, you're validated and capable, so you should get job X, Y, and Z. Right? It's not yeah. like that anymore. They're like, oh, this is a nice detail for your life, but you know, we need like practical experience, or you got to just mm -hmm. do it on your own, whatever. So, um, I, I will say, like going to USC, I, I definitely got to compress time by wearing all the hats, doing all the roles, learning that I needed to focus on screenwriting, having the free time for myself for the first time in like several years where I could say, I'm just going to, this is, these are the years of Evan where I can be in this bubble and create and focus on me and my career path. That is the, that is the one big benefit there. If, yeah. if you're the, so there are pros and cons. I think there's more cons. I think the big con is, um, um, I, you know, I had to like self finance and take out a ton of loans and I would hate yeah. to see anyone sink themselves further into debt because then you're like an indentured servant for the rest of your life. Yeah. And especially if you have to like raise funding or get funding for your films, like let's say the person wants to go the Tyler Perry route or just want to be completely independent. Um, it's, you gotta have to take some loans out and stuff and some grants because if you want the film to be quality, you know, cause now I'm seeing a lot of films on 2 TV. they're going through some, some type of company called Film Hub and they're just putting out their own films and i said well i mean that's great but it's like it is good that you got the training because you know what it, the difference is between each one because what's the difference between a producer and a director you know like i had to i'm like and to this day, i still don't know exactly different so then you can tell me i know the directors do but the producers what what are they doing like what there's there's well there's a bunch of different kinds of producers right so there's the lowest levels like the associate producer and that's kind of like a courtesy credit for like that's like just bonus work you have very little responsibilities and maybe you're taking more marching orders from different types of producers but so the different types of producers so there's the producers that are like your boots on the ground producer who are actually helping you get through physical production and so that's critical in its own way because you need the people who are real hustlers and are out of the box thinkers to problem solve and have solutions and anticipate things ahead of time before you know cameras roll and while ca cameras are rolling so that's like the people that are with you in pre-production and on set and maybe some of post or at least weighing in and post it in some way and then there's uh like your creative development producer so i'm working with some of those right now on my feature film mm -hmm. so uh right with them we are like doing notes and having creative sessions and they have like some creative uh say and and um power on like what is final in the script but we get to throw ideas off of each other and we're just all collaborative collaborating on that level and that person is also working with the boots on the ground producers who will who don't have to be there on set every day and they have the option to be but will also come in on the tail end and help with like marketing and distribution and all of that and then there's the executive producers executive producers usually mean like these are your big shot money people or major favor people so if like you see major casts coming into your movie like let's say i don't know maybe you want to get 
John Malkovich to be in your film. And he's like, okay, well, he wants to also be a producer unless like it was some friend of his that got him to be in your movie. He gets to be an executive producer because without a big actor that you don't get to have more money because of what this can fetch in the box office and internationally based on his name. So executive producers are all really translating to money or maybe they're in the studio system and, and, and on that studio level, they're, they're deserving of a certain type of credit because of mm. that. So, and then there's like co-producer and co-executive producer. And those are people like in between or on their way up. And so there's all these little ones in between. They all have yeah. jobs too. So as long as they're active, it, like I'm happy yeah. that you get your producer credit, as long as you're active and you, and you're deserving of it. There's a big scandal with the Academy Awards with the movie, um, Oh, what was it? It was uh, it was a huge ensemble. Oh, Crash! I don't know if you remember the movie Crash. Oh, Crash with Ludacris. Ludacris and Don Cheadle. Okay, yeah, I remember that. That great, was a movie. Huge ensemble, great film. I actually was in a writer slash acting class with the producer and writer of that movie. So he was an Academy Award winner. That was that. I'll, I'll talk about that too. It's- While many kids are making their holiday wish lists, the patients at Nationwide Children's Hospital are simply wishing they could be home but you have the power to make their stay a little brighter. The moment you make a donation, the butterflies on the lawn at Nationwide Children's light up for our patients to see. And that gift brings joy, funds research, and the world's finest care. Please, light up the lawn, light up a life. Give now at nationwidechildrens.org slash give. Are you struggling to lose weight and keep it off? Tired of wasting time and money on starvation diets that lead to more frustration and stress? If there was a weight loss solution that could actually work for you, would you try it? Then head to golo.com. I'm Steve. I lost 138 pounds in nine months on Golo. I'm Amber. I've lost 128 pounds with Golo. If you're ready to take back control of your life, head to golo.com now and see how Golo can work for you. That's golo.com. My sleep is way better. My inflammation has gone way down. Golo saved my life. I was way overweight. That's what sent me down the path. I wanted to make sure and live for my kid. I have literally tried everything. I was on the verge of getting gastric bypass surgery, and I saw the Golo commercial, and it was the last thing I tried because it worked. Join over 2 million people who found a better way to lose weight with Golo. Your healthier and happier life begins at Golo.com. That's G-O-L-O.com. Again, G-O-L-O.com. If we have time. Um, (laughs) And, uh, we might go over time a little here. <laughs> I, say, I know I'm a little long-winded, but I have like this is quite a journeyman's career. So it's like this is what it takes to like get your at least your first feature. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so uh, uh, with Crash, they had like something like 22 producers or more on the movie, and they couldn't all go on stage, and they couldn't get enough Academy Awards, and it changed the way the Academy Awards had their uh, best best film and who could receive. So then all all of a sudden you start seeing a credit having the pga credit at the end of someone's name knowing that you actually did the work and qualified in the producers guild went and looked into it to see you actually contributed to what was on screen because there were like a lot of vanity credits just being handed Mm -hmm. out to everyone everywhere for like little things and it was a mess there was like so many people on stage it was crazy but um uh yeah so that's that's all the all the all the producers and i've had a couple of those producers hats myself um and different responsibilities but uh yeah so what ended up happening recently is that i had like three movies i kind of got my act together just personally with like my own personal development and mindset and habits and like routine like i I got like super hyper focused and like what does ultimate evan look like like if Mm -hmm. you could pick like okay evan's stepping off his own private jet what does he look like and oh, what's, right now mm-hmm. what's his day what's his day like like i really start to visualize that what are the things i have to do so yeah. starting with like you know like exercise early wake-ups putting the work in, make sure i'm reading every day writing every day exercising mm-hmm. every day, eating right every day like all of these things without ever missing because my competition out there the people who've already achieved anyone you look into that's like an entrepreneur you want to be they've all done these things they've done that self-work they've built mm-hmm. up such a strong mind that anything that comes their way they can mindset yeah. mindset is key before talent i've learned i used to always think oh i just gotta be great now my mind i have to be confident and your mindset has to be prepared because it's a lot of stuff that's going to come at you in the entertainment industry and you got to be strong because you could literally be depressed with money and that's something that nobody wants you know yes 
absolutely no you, you're you're 100 right because yeah at developing this getting your mind right and and being able to deal with any emotional situations or, or something that might generate an emotional reaction out of you you have to be able to keep that in check because you need to stay calm cool and collected and really assess the situation for what it really is and not attach any personal bias to it. It's like you need to execute and move forward and you can't come out of character or be triggered by anything. Just be like, I have to be like an assassin who's just like never going to come out of character. I'm just be focused and nothing can rattle me. That, yep. That it's- method acting, you know, and, and that's one of the things I was going to talk about too was method acting. Like there's a difference in people, you know, I've been studying actors and stuff because I've been, actually, I didn't really st- realize I wanted to get into acting until I was 25, but I was, you know, I just watch people and there's just certain people that are just beasts like Anthony Hopkins, Leonardo DiCaprio, um, you know, uh, Meryl Streep, Viola Davis. They, they're just, they, they, they go in, morph into that character. And I think those are the best actors. Right. Like that you can just tap in and it takes a little insanity, which that's why they have to take breaks. Like, I don't know if you heard about Tom Holland and the, the crowd of room and how he said, hey, I got to step back now. And I watched the crowd of room and it looked pretty intense. It was pretty yeah. intense. So, you know, you get these actors, they just, they, they put, they're all in. They could put a lot. I mean, look at Heath Ledger. I mean, he went such, to such oh, a dark, yeah. and it yeah. just still breaks my heart because he was such a talent. And you got to, you got to be able to disconnect from that. Otherwise, you can stay in there. You go too deep and too dark. It's hard to come out of. You got to have like a higher power, real spirit that you can tap into like part of my life is like prayer and meditation like i take that very seriously if i'm not i'm not connecting to god it's like then i'm gonna get disassociated with like what's really going on in the world it's like i have Mm -hmm. i have like an order that i report to to keep me in check right you have to and you can't just go to everybody you know and tell everybody everything like you 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 know especially in this industry that's kind of ambiguous a lot is going on a lot of people may not understand what you're feeling you know they're like you're just acting on tv just talking go away you know but no it's it's a lot involved into it so you do you know have to you know uh tap into yourself and talk to yourself and say okay this is not real this is what's going on because i had to learn that even just being in tech you have to it's the same thing you know and um i know you started a coaching program is that like helping actors or just just re- it regular people too it's regular it's everybody it's like whoever's okay. looking to just like level up get their mindset right it's it's an accountability partner it's going over like habits and uh discipline and having like an ordered life so you can achieve your goals and also have a sounding board like because i do this with my twin brother we have a coaching program because we went through all of the same things together at the same time and we're like okay we have different skill sets that we bring to it it's like yeah i have like the creative uh background the the director's background all all of that side of it he comes from like a, a a genius finance background so we have like all the different disciplines that we apply to it to get people to win on multiple levels but it's it's everybody because what we're really getting after is we all have obstacles in our lives it's like how can we like verbalize and put them out into the world and find practical solutions to push through them and we're checking in with our with our clients like every single weekend we'll have like a group call or if you're a different tier it's a one-on-one call but it's like all week long i'm checking on like are you eating right are you exercising are you doing the things we talked about are you reading these certain books that are trying to like get your head thinking in a new direction and keep that in front of you every single day so all of a sudden by like you know three four five weeks in you've created a new habit that is doing nothing but serving you and making you a better person and a big part of it for me especially one of my 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 biggest flaws was just negative self-talk like yeah. negative self-talk like the weight of the world is on you and what you can't do and you have reasons for this or that or excuses you make or mm-hmm. you start to drift into like any victim mindset it's like oh no you're gonna you're gonna get buried in that and yeah. i had had to fix that i really had to do the work because sometimes some of us if we've had some sort of traumatic experience or if you've just had really bad bad upbringing like i had a really horrible like stepfather figure who's in and out of my life it's very Mm -hmm. abusive and because of that they imprint on you and you just go to this negative place you have an automatic negative response to something Mm -hmm. that's my constant battle like part of what's going on like especially in in the gym and with fitness is like you go to war with your thoughts in the quiet of your mind while you're exercising because it's just you and mm-hmm. some iron 
and you're pushing and fighting and you saying, oh, this is too hard. I can't do this. This is getting difficult. And you say, no, 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 those are feelings. If, and those emotions are lying to me. And this is in charge, not my feelings, right? So that's the war that's happening. And you're starting to like reprogram your mind and create these new psychological tracks in your brain. It's, a physio it's like a physiological truth that happens. Mm -hmm. So you start to do that and you're doing that every single morning. And then, you know, because of like the endorphin drive that comes from that, and everything from exercise like you take that for the next 12 hours into your day that's what that does for yes you. so you have that battle waging and all of a sudden you think you can just conquer and do everything it's like well why not other people do it why not me too why not? Mm -hmm. start applying yourself and working hard and you start turning into a little bit of a hunter or huntress and you're trying to find these next obstacles to like get after and 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 beat into their place or win over and that's how I got where I am because I, I, I was wow. taking on more, taking on more. I had like three projects of like working on all at once. And then because I was keeping Amazing. up relationships and I was staying in touch with people from these other, uh, uh, those workshops and those incubators, those, those film fellowships, staying in touch with them. One of them called me. It's like, Evan, you know, that lunch we had the other day, I was like, I, we were both crying about your backstory and what went on in your life. And it's like, we have this script mm -hmm. that, all the same story points of things that you were experiencing i couldn't believe like your all the emotional twists and turns of your backstory are like the main character in this movie we would love you to read the script you're like an 11th hour ad <laughs> for uh, pitch but can you pitch this in like a couple of days i'm like absolutely so i'm like reading it multiple times making all my notes putting together a pitch and then i pitched just the absolute daylights out of this thing to the Dang. point they couldn't imagine anyone but Evan directing this movie. Like he is so obsessed and emotionally connected to this. Who else could the po could possibly do this? This is him. This is his movie. Now it's not my movie. I'm. This isn't for me. I, I'm serving a project. <laughs> yeah. I'm an ultimate collaborator. But that's what it. That's what it took. And it, all of a sudden, this was t like ten days ago. All of a sudden, my wow, life. Wow! Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. It was a big deal because all of a sudden, it's one of those like overnight success type things where it's like you've plugged away for over a decade and then if in a few days everything so i like that you said that like what advice can you give someone that's right now saying because you know we got ageism in hollywood and all this stuff going on like the how did you keep going despite okay this is taking so long and people are looking at you like well what are you doing and this and that like how did you keep that grit you know oh you just gotta oh you gotta bet on yourself you got to bet on yourself when everyone, because it's true. That stuff is out there, and it, it, but you got to also talk mm -hmm. yourself out of it because I, I got to that point. I was like on IMDb. I'm like, how can I get my birthday off of this? People are going to know how old I am. This is a bunch <laughs> of BS. You know, it's like stuff like that because the ageism is true. And then also you get to a point when you do all that mindset work and you just say to yourself, I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm going to knuckle down. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to prove it to myself and to everybody else. I just don't care anymore. And I'm going to work hard because everyone's been telling me, oh, if you don't make it by 23, you're not going to be a director. If you don't do it by 27, mm -hmm. you're not going to be a director. And they keep saying the film school is like, oh, if you don't make your first feature film out of after like seven years, you're probably not going to make it. So, and then here I am. I'm like, you just can't take no for an answer. Mm -hmm. Like, are you betting on yourself? Oh, the other thing is I, I, um, what took me so long were all these like highs and lows before I did the mental work, because I was always looking for a plan B. Mm -hmm. This is so hard. you lose so much hope that you're just like, Oh, okay. I'm going to, maybe I'm going to start this baking business because I became like an expert baker during COVID. And I was about to go on the great British baking show to be on a reality TV show for baking. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and, um, and me and my wife, unfortunately, we we had a miscarriage, and it was like a heartbreaking moment. Sorry. And I and and so I had to like pull out of the show, and it was just bad timing. And and but I also look at that was that was also God's timing because if I had gotten on that show, it's filming right now, and I would not have got my first movie. Oh, and it just, like, see. It just blows your mind when you think about it. Mm -hmm. Like it's like it's like this is oh this is your plan, and this is. This is God's plan for you. It's like, trust yeah, there's, me. there's some dots that do connect. Right, and I like, think here's people. A better, here's a better deal for you. Just wait, just trust me on this. And that, that not, not giving up. And also like those things happen and you realize I took my eye off the ball. 
and mm -hmm. I have to be fully committed. Are you all in? Are you doing everything you possibly can? Like well, I'm a director and I'm looking at cast cast options. I'm like, are they in class? Are they constantly working? Are are, are they doing stage work? Are they doing commercials? Like if they're not getting paid jobs, that doesn't bother me. I just want to see that they're actively pursuing their craft all the time. Mm -hmm. Yes. Sharp. It's so important to keep those tools sharp because all of a sudden it's going to come out of the blue one day when your opportunity arrives and you out of the blue. Right. It, like Will Smith said, you got to stay ready. So you don't got to, you know, you don't have to get ready. That's what he says, you know, oh, so true. And it's true, man. You just got to stay ready. And that's how I look at it. I'm always, I'm just, we all got to stay ready. You know, I know I'm, I look, I've been focused on staying ready because, but it took me a while to get to this level. Cause like I said, the mindset thing, you know, I had to get there, you know, and now you, you're more, that's how you attract more into your, oh, your so reality yeah. once you get there. Perfect word. Attract more. Like, like it's just, it's a law of attraction. It's like what you put out and what you, what you give away is what will come back to you. So if you're giving value, if you're if you're giving like love and generosity out into the world, it's going to come back to you. And you just have to mm -hmm. trust the process. Just like if you trust, if I go to the gym every day, I'll probably start looking better and lose weight and like rewind mm -hmm. the clock. Like, but but you have to stick with it for a while. So it's mm -hmm. the same law of attraction. You got to put these things out there, and just planting seeds. And one day you're gonna there, there's gonna be a harvest. You can't put the seed in the ground and just be like, "Where's my corn?" Like you have to. You know, <laughs> like, and then you can't listen to people that try to rush you folks so if y'all listen don't listen to people that try to rush you because they don't understand the process just still stay stay steady you know uh, oh, that's yep. you have to do that Go so ahead. what are your thoughts on ai like artificial intelligence jumping you know into the to the to the mix here in entertainment yeah yeah absolutely um <laughs> first of all i think it's a lot of the reactions to ai is, is just a fear of the unknown i think mm -hmm. you have to look at it as this is a tool just like when people were afraid of like the internet happening like oh this is going to change everything it's like yeah you can either like adapt and get on board with like using websites and, and working online and doing this or you're going to stay in the stone age like my grandma who doesn't know how to turn on a computer and, and is like stuck in a corner all day waiting for people to pick her up and like hey if you just like learned how to text on your phone and do these things you'll be participating in in like the world and how they how they leverage these these technologies now with ai i i since i've used a lot of different versions of ai to just test it out to see what it's all about i i think it, it demystifies um what's actually going on with it so i've like looked at like chat gpt and there's like screenwriting like hack software out there at the end of the day it still feels like a robot when you see what they're what they're generating there's a certain like cadence or rhythm to what it's putting out you're like people will see through this just and here's a good example with everybody when vfx first came out like in jurassic park or something right everyone's just like oh dinosaurs look so real i can't believe it i can't believe what movies are amazing it's unbelievable now if you went back and watched jurassic park right now i'd be like that's a that's pretty bad cgi and that's a fake dinosaur leg mm -hmm. or whatever right and then like like even like back in like i don't know 2012 and you're watching some of the avenger phase four movies you're like, all right, I'm starting to see all see through all the VFX because now it's overkill. Now everyone is super trained up on VFX and visual language. So we can spot VFX like crazy. So when something like Oppenheimer comes out and we've gone back to like this analog style of filming and it's everything you're seeing is real, people love that. They touch they're now they're connecting on a human level that they haven't had in a long time. So a movie that's three plus hours that has some very, very dry, long segments. Um, can be just a total beast at the box office is very indicative of don't be afraid of the technology because people will start to spot the fakes and we'll get back to the real talent mm -hmm. the real writers the real authentic human touch that's in these things so for anybody who's worried about it I like, don't don't worry about it mm -hmm. I think when when the, the studios are trying to like copy people's image and likeness especially in the app, yeah like that's that's a desperation move because the studios are not mm -hmm. doing well they've 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 pushed too much like checkbox agenda filmmaking versus just telling great stories and mm -hmm. this, is, this is it's a part of like artist movements that have happened in the past and like if you look at uh just like art history i think it was like like neo like it was during like king louis in france there was like the certified art that was allowed to be made and, and shown to the world and everyone got tired of seeing just the approved art 
instead people were going into the margins into underground galleries where like the whole mm-hmm. like whole different movement was happening where all of a sudden you're seeing like different color palettes and painting styles like monet and in in uh um impressionist artwork getting away from like neorealism artwork it's like now we're seeing a whole different way that people see the world and it's not approved but this is this is going to be the next art movement that ends up lasting for the next 150 years mm-hmm. so it's we have to let the artists dictate like what what's the new like taste profile i agree and this is what's going to happen with movies it's i already see the writing on the wall what's going to happen like with every cinema wave is that it's what happens in the margins it's like who is growing and creating in the margins and making money there and then the studios are going to look to that and say copy that to death please and that's what happens like when you like in the so like in the 1970s and 80s you had like these indie filmmakers mm-hmm. that were making blockbuster stuff like like jaws was a little movie believe it or not it just and it, and oh, it yeah. killed right but um in the 80s all of a sudden you see everything like pumped up with steroids and just done to get to death there's like these action movies everywhere and they got totally away from like the message like the, you have like star wars which, which is like you know it was a low a low budget film back when it first came out in 1977 and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden all of these crazy sci-fi spin-offs and flash gordons and all this but yep. it doesn't have emotional touch in the heartstrings and the work it really takes to make those excellent it got it got too far away from message and it's like oh this looks like this but it really isn't and it's just done to death and then in the 90s you have like the 90s new wave this is where you get like quentin tarantino and spike spike lee and spike jones and, and soderbergh and david o russell and even chris nolan at the end of the 90s these guys were not studio guys they came up in the margins they were putting movies on their credit cards and buying like end film pieces and film ends just to piece together enough for every weekend they go filming and next thing mm-hmm. you know hollywood's like oh we gotta do what these guys are doing make movies like that and so we're, mm-hmm. we're a new wave so watch the margins that's where we're operating so it's yeah happening. yeah it's 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 fertile ground it's um it's like it's the new wild west so that's exciting yeah, I think it's it's a little exciting. Me being left and right brain, being this technical person at the same time, I I do like using ChatGPT and stuff just to help help me figure out how I'm going to say something. But I'm actually the one writing it. But I'm like, let's can you help me fill this up to understand where I'm going or something like that? You can use it as your assistant, you know. And that's how I look at it because that's it has I- helped me a lot with a lot of stuff. So and I think that it can help screenwriters too. For sure. If you treat it like an assistant, like it's your own virtual assistant. Yeah. That's the best way to treat it. It's like, well, just be my sounding board or catch my errors or do whatever or rephrase a sentence slightly better because someone's going to proofread that anyway and give you those notes. Instead of waiting for a day or two or three to get notes and feedback, you can get it in 10 seconds. And now you've just become more efficient. If if you embrace AI, use it as like an efficient tool, just like everybody else, then you'll start to like take off. And um, yeah, yeah, just, just yeah. use it right and ethically and you'll be okay. Yes, I concur. And then far as the, I'm, I'm about to wrap it up. I know we're way over time, but the writers yep. um, and the actors strike, like what do you think um, is going to come of that? Do you think that the, you know, the film company is going to be like, all right, let's start paying us some more bread since we're, you know, streaming on Netflix now more. Do you feel like you're going to be like, eh, go away. It's, it's hard to say They like, they, like all the yeah. producers and content owners have all the power right now. They can just yeah. and wait it out because they have a library of so much content they can slowly release over time. It's like, oh, instead of making the, like the 2023, 20, like Dyson vacuum, we have a whole warehouse full of like 2021 that we're just going to put out into the world and they'll buy it and use it and it'll be fine. Mm. So they can keep waiting it out. Um, but it gives us opportunities to like work with SAG waivers, which is what we're doing on our future film to say, okay, we're going to go work with SAG actors, make a non-union project and go compete in the, in, uh, in the space that's available to us and show that we can still make movies. We're not completely reliant on the studio system. So we're going to have to find creative ways to like work around that. So let's see, it's, we're gonna, we kind of have to wait and see what happens. There's still a lot in the yeah. to be done. There's a lot of offended people that mm-hmm. um, aren't willing to have the conversations that are needed. So we have to take action. We can't just sit on our hands. It's otherwise we're going to go, we're going to have to all re-career and go someplace else. And I'm not willing to do that. I fought too hard mm-hmm. for too long. Just stop now. Yeah. Just to, like people, they should, look, I'm, 
I guess that's kind of entrepreneurial to say, but I do think people can start, you know, creating their own films, like getting it on Tubi and pushing it themselves. I mean, I just think that that's the route I feel like I'm going and some others may start thinking that way too, but I know that's entrepreneur. Everybody's not entrepreneur, I get it, but I think that that will be a better route because then you can get scripts you want and stuff like that. Cause I, you know, seeing the, I've seen so many scripts and some I just don't even like, and like, I don't want to do this, you know? So if you want to do films you want to see, you have to create it and find a way. And sometimes that may be being in, doing two things at the same time, like being in tech, high end in tech, but using the tech money to go into the, art part and that's sometimes everybody is not going to be able to do that but this that's an option to be able to still put out your art and do what you got to do and not to depend on the studio man to give you a stamp and tell you okay you can do this or not you know yeah yeah wear all the hats make what we want to wait what we want to see and yeah i think that's the solution yeah so okay so before we get off i'm just going to ask you one more thing what's a saying or quote that you go by saying or quote that i go by oh man so that's, many really there's 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 a lot i mean i to me it's like you have to be fully committed when i whenever i start to doubt or have any fear i have to catch myself and just remind it's like hey bet on evan bet on yourself sequoia bet on yourself be fully committed and like you just and trust you have to trust yourself and if you're not trusting yourself get these habits in place these disciplines these routines that are going to work for you start to prove yourself every single day that you're winning over and over again so, so you actually do believe it so bet on mm-hmm. yourself trust on yourself catch yourself in those negative thoughts and beat them back into the place where they belong not in your head but somewhere else so yeah and it's a constant situation don't feel bad if you have it just say no to yourself talk to yourself and keep it moving love That's- it yeah, so I want to thank you for coming on here today. Oh, where can people follow you and support your films? And just are they want coaching? You know, I'm, I'm documenting everything on Instagram, so you can follow me. Uh, IG, there's my handle down there, Evan B Matthews on Instagram. Um, just sh- I'm doing daily sing- daily updates, and um, yeah, just just follow me there. I'll, you know, we, I'll talk about coaching program stuff there too. So just or just DM me. I'm very interactive. Love to share. So yeah, that's it. Cool beans. There you have it. Thanks everyone for listening. Please subscribe and share and be safe out there, y'all. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.